to the El Montecito School U.S. History Podcast for Thursday, May 22, 2014. On this day in 1849, Abraham Lincoln received a patent, number 6,469, from the U.S. Patent Office. As a young man, Lincoln often worked on riverboats that went up and down the Ohio and Mississippi rivers, and on many occasions the boats would get stuck on shoals, underwater formations that would make the river temporarily too shallow to navigate. On a few of these occasions, he and his fellow workers would either have to get out of the boat and free it manually, or unload cargo to make the boat lighter and raise it up over the obstruction. Lincoln's idea was to mount bellows, or air chambers, on the side of the ships that could inflate when the boat got too low in the water, causing it to raise up, and then be deflated once the shallow water was passed. The invention was never produced, and many engineers doubt whether the system would have actually worked, but nonetheless, Lincoln received his patent, which is still the only one ever registered to a president of the United States. In 1891, on this day, Thomas Edison demonstrated the first motion picture, as we now know it, to a public audience in his lab in West Orange, New Jersey. Earlier inventors had created the illusion of motion by mounting a series of pictures inside of a wheel and then spinning it, but the movement would only last a second or two before looping. In 1888, Edison saw a demonstration of this device, but wanted to show longer motion sequences, so he invented two pieces of technology over the next three years. The kinetoscope, which would record movement onto a strip of film, and the kinetograph, in which a person could peer through a single hole and watch the film. Edison realized that if his camera could capture 30 still frames per second, the motion would seem as real as human life, and this was in fact the reaction of a group of women who were invited to his lab to witness the demonstration. His first film included a man spinning juggling pins in his hands and three men taking turns pounding out steel on an anvil and then passing a bottle of something to drink. Edison's hope was that people around the world would look through his kinetoscopes, but instead, within a decade, the motion picture industry was born. In 1972, Richard Nixon became the first U.S. president to visit Moscow for a summit with Soviet leader Leonid Brezhnev. It was not Nixon's first trip to the Soviet Union, as he had gone in 1959 as vice president to Dwight D. Eisenhower. On that trip, he was walking through an exhibit of a model home with then-Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev when the two became engaged in a vigorous discussion of the merits of communism versus capitalism that was caught on camera. The exchange became known as the kitchen debate, as it took place in the kitchen of the model home, and when televised, it was a defining moment in the Cold War. On this day in 1972, however, Nixon took a much more gentle tone. Over the week-long summit that was to follow, the two countries agreed on environmental protection standards, paved the way for the Apollo-Soyuz project, which was a joint space mission, and most importantly, signed the SALT-1 Treaty, a result of the Strategic Arms Limitation Talks, or SALT, which set a limit on the number of anti-ballistic missiles each country could have. And on this day in 1977, Janet Guthrie became the first woman to qualify for the Indy 500. She was an aerospace engineer who began racing in various circuits in 1963, and by 1976 she had qualified in a handful of NASCAR races. 
That same year, she had tried and failed to make the indie field, and many of the drivers stated that the only reason she was not fast enough was due to her gender. These comments angered A.J. Foyt, who by then was already a three-time Indy champion, so he let her take one of his backup cars and simulate a four-lap qualifying run. Her time in the practice would have placed her ninth in the starting field that year, and Foyt knew that it was only a lack of money for her team that prevented her from more success. So in the following year, Guthrie made the field on the last day of qualifying, commonly known as Bump Day, and she was placed in the middle of the ninth row of the starting grid. But in the race, she finished 29th out of 33 drivers due to engine problems. However, the next year, in 1978, she qualified again and finished the race in ninth place, revealing afterwards that she drove the whole race with a broken wrist she had suffered only two days earlier. Janet Guthrie's helmet and race suit from her first Indy race are in the Smithsonian Institution, and in 2006, she was inducted into the International Motorsports Hall of Fame. Speaking of historic women, our two quotes on leadership today come from famous first ladies. Rosalind Carter once said, A leader takes people where they want to go. A great leader takes people where they don't necessarily want to go, but ought to be. And Eleanor Roosevelt once said, Do what you feel in your heart to be right for you'll be criticized anyway. This has been the El Montecito School U.S. History Podcast, produced by Nate Conklin. This is Mark Bates with music by Olivia Bates. When you cross the street, be sure to look both ways, into the past and ahead to the future.